0: Coming up on 5-Minute News Senate report details broad failures around January 6 attack Bosnian Serb commander loses genocide appeal And Supreme Court rules against immigrants with temporary status It's Wednesday, June 9 I'm Anthony Davis. A Senate investigation of the January 6th insurrection at the US Capitol found a broad intelligence breakdown across multiple agencies, along with widespread law enforcement and military failures that led to the violent attack. There were clear warnings and tips that supporters of former President Trump, including right-wing extremist groups, were planning to storm the Capitol with weapons and possibly infiltrate the tunnel system underneath the building. But that intelligence never made it up to the top leadership. The result was chaos. A Senate report released on Tuesday details how officers told the Senate investigators they were left with no leadership or direction when command systems broke down. The Senate report is the first and could be the last bipartisan review of how hundreds of Trump supporters were able to push violently past security lines and break into the Capitol that day. The failures detailed in the report highlighted how, almost 20 years after the September 11 attacks, US intelligence agencies are still beset by a fundamental issue, a failure of imagination. The report recommends immediate changes to give the Capitol Police Chief more authority, to provide better planning and equipment for law enforcement, and to streamline intelligence gathering among federal agencies. But, as a bipartisan effort, the report does not delve into the root causes of the attack, including Trump's role as he called for his supporters to fight like hell to overturn his election defeat that day. It does not call the attack an insurrection, even though it was, and it comes two weeks after Republicans blocked a bipartisan independent commission that would investigate the insurrection more broadly. Ratko Mladik, the military chief known as the Butcher of Bosnia for orchestrating genocide, crimes against humanity and war crimes in the Balkan nation's 1992-1995 war, lost his final legal battle on Tuesday when UN judges rejected his appeals and affirmed his life sentence. The ruling involving his 2017 convictions and sentence closed a grim chapter in European history that included the continent's first genocide since World War II, the 1995 Srebrenica massacre of more than 8,000 Muslim men and boys. The now frail Mladic, often belligerent at his own court appearances in The Hague, showed no reaction other than a scowl as the presiding judge said the panel had dismissed by a vote of four to one his appeals of convictions for crimes, including genocide, murder, extermination and terror for atrocities throughout the war that killed more than a 100,000 and left millions homeless. The 79-year-old former general is the last major figure to face justice from the conflict that ended more than a quarter of a century ago. His former political chief, the ex-Bosnian Serb president Radovan Karadzic, already is serving a life sentence after being convicted for the same crimes. Former Yugoslav President Slobodan Milosevic, who was accused of fomenting the ethnic conflicts that tore apart the Balkans in the 1990s, died in a UN cell in 2006, before judges at his trial could reach verdicts. Sergey Bramertz, the prosecutor who finally brought both Karadzic and Mladik to justice, said Mladik ranks among the most notorious war criminals in modern history, who abused his position of power to commit crimes, including genocide. A unanimous Supreme Court ruled on Monday that thousands of people living in the US for humanitarian reasons are ineligible to apply to become permanent residents. Justice Elena Kagan wrote for the court that federal immigration law prohibits people who entered the country illegally and now have temporary protected status from seeking green cards to remain in the country permanently. The designation applies to people who come from countries ravaged by war or disaster. It protects them from deportation and allows them to work legally. There are 400,000 people from 12 countries with TPS status. The outcome in a case involving a couple from El Salvador, who've been in the US since the 1990s, turned on whether people who entered the country illegally and were given humanitarian protections were ever admitted into the United States under immigration law. Kagan wrote that they were not. The TPS programme gives foreign nationals non-immigrant status, but does not admit them, so the conferral of TPS does not make an unlawful entrant eligible for a green card, she wrote. The House of Representatives already has passed legislation that would make it possible for TPS recipients to become permanent residents, Kagan noted. The bill faces uncertain prospects in the Senate. On the other side were immigrant groups that argued that many people who came to the U.S. for humanitarian reasons have lived in the country for many years, given birth to American citizens, and put down roots in the U.S. Former President Donald Trump tried to cancel the Dreamers program for many immigrants stoking fear they would be sent back to their homelands where they hadn't lived in many years
1: Was Genghis Khan a murderous butcher or a civic pioneer? Did the Allied powers go too far in firebombing the German city of Dresden at the twilight of World War II? And how did the Marquis de Sade acquire such a sinister reputation? And was any of it true? These are just a few of the tough questions we wrestle with and investigate on Conflicted. So if you love history or just enjoy a good story, Please join me, your host, Zach Cornwell, for a fascinating new topic each and every month. Conflicted, a history podcast is available on Spotify, Apple, or wherever else you get your podcasts. I hope to see you soon.